Welcome to the Business Scholarship Podcast, interdisciplinary conversations about new works in the broad world of business research. I'm your host, Andrew Jennings. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast or sharing with others who might like it too. And if you have ideas for future episodes, let me know. My email address is andrew at andrewkjennings.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Our guest today is L.T. Zhang, Assistant Professor of Business Administration at Harvard Business School. We'll be discussing his paper, Shaking Things Up, Unintended Consequences of Firm Acquisitions on Inequality and Diversity. I'll add a link to the paper in the show notes for this episode. LT, welcome to the Business Scholarship Podcast. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having me. So, LT, I thought this was a, an interesting paper looking at the impact of M&A on the skill gap between high-skilled and, and low-skilled employees in an acquired workforce and the equality gap between racial and, and, and gender quality factors in an acquired mm-hmm. workforce. I wonder if you could discuss some of the motivation behind this paper. Uh, what are some of the empirical questions that you set out to explore and, and what were some of your initial thoughts going into this project? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I'm I'm a sociologist studying racial and gender inequality in organizations. So one thing that we've been noticing a lot in the literature is that racial and gender gaps have been persisting pretty much since the 1980s. We have been making some progress, but the progress has been pretty slow, right? And that's to me that was surprising because if you talk to any of these organizations, uh, they will tell you that they really care about diversity, right? They will say things like, "Look at my board. I got I got a lot a lot of women on the board. I got a lot of racial minorities on the board." look at my company policies, I got diversity training, I got diversity programs, I got all these things that try to help and promote diversity in the workplace. But if you look at the statistics, the proportion of women and racial minorities, middle managers in, in the U.S. today is still very low. And if you look at the trend in the last 20, 30 years, it hasn't changed a whole lot. So when I was talking to people, I realized one big challenge that organizations have is to fundamentally change the structures and the cultures and the routines of the workplace, right? So when organizations say we want to do something to improve diversity, or when the CEO is set out to do something to improve racial and gender equality in the workplace, it's easy to add a woman or a racial minority to the board, but it's actually really hard to fundamentally change the way the workplace is run. It's really fundamentally, it's really hard to change the existing hierarchies, right? It's hard to change the existing structures, it's hard to change even the culture in the workplace. So I'm trying to propose in this paper is really this idea that these big events, so I call these disruptive events, so events that interrupt or disrupt the day-to-day operations of the firm, they are actually very important in helping uh, racial minorities and women to advance in the organization because these events, like MAs, like mergers and acquisitions, like technological shocks, or even like a recession, what these events, what these disruptive events do is they break down existing hierarchies, routines, and structures, and which allows people who are sort of on the periphery before, like disadvantaged groups, to move into more central positions in the organization. And they also allow managers to use this as an opportunity to make the firm uh, more diversity-friendly. So that's kind of the the theoretical assumptions going into this paper. And I, I want to use mergers and acquisitions as an instance to test this idea that these disruptive events, major events, are actually important in, in the organization proving the racial and gender competitions in middle management. 
So it's it's hard to imagine anything much more disruptive than a merger for company, particularly if it's the one being acquired. As a practical matter, I wonder if you could discuss a little bit of what happens after a merger closes uh, and how might some of those processes help reduce, in theory, racial or gender equality in the acquired workforce? So every obviously, every merger and acquisition is going to be a little different, depends on the industry, depends on the type of acquisition, right? depends on the nature of the acquisition. But typically, after acquisition, you would have a restructuring phase. So that could last quite some time. It could last you know, anywhere from a few months to even a year or two. During these restructuring stages, you're going to see a lot of reshuffling in the acquired workplace, right? You're going to see a lot of people being laid off. So you're going to see a downsizing in the organization. You're going to see the organization maybe trying to adopt new technologies. Both of these things, by the way, will actually take away a lot of the less skilled jobs. So that's kind of the other part of the paper is you're going to, after an acquisition event, you're going to tend to see uh, fewer positions for less skilled workers and potentially even more positions for high skilled workers because of the technological upgrades, because of or the newly streamlined work process. But for the purpose of my paper, what this restructuring does is it allows the organization to bring in newer and more potentially diversity-friendly practices and policies to the organization. Uh, it also allows existing hierarchies to be broken down and allows people to be reevaluated and reassessed uh, in the acquired workplace. So to dig in a little bit, what were the research questions that you set up in this paper to explore this theoretical framework? And how did you design the empirical analysis? What data did you use to, to answer some of these questions? Yeah, well, the research question is to understand how the mergers and acquisitions uh, impact the acquired workplace in terms of the racial and gender gaps post-acquisition. So the, the design is, so I, I have this data set from the, uh, that I work with the Equal Employment Commissioner, which is the, um, we call them the EEOC Commissioner in, in D.C., so every company uh, that's larger than certain size has to submit their demographics information in each establishment to this commissioner uh, every year. So we, we were able to use that data set to see, you know, after an establishment gets acquired by another company, how does their racial compositions in that establishment changes? And so we were able to use basically a simple diff and diff model to see sort of before and after acquisition to see how the demographics have changed. And what were some of your key findings from that analysis, especially when it comes to the racial and, and gender inequality gaps and maybe a little bit of some of the, the skill gaps? Did, do you see impacts among different ranks of workers? Well, first of all, we see a downsizing, right? We see a lot of establishments after acquisition event to significantly downsize the overall workforce. I think I forgot the exact number, but I think it's somewhere around four or five percent. And then we see what we see is a higher proportion of the middle managers and back office officers that was being replaced. So a lot of the jobs in human resource, a lot of the jobs in finance, basically less skilled white collar workers. These are the jobs that are most likely to be hit and also middle management positions. But when it comes to racial and gender gaps, we do see that there's a strong increase in both the proportion of racial and gender minorities in middle management positions, and they also reduced level of racial and gender segregation in the workplace. And this effect varies uh, across different establishments. So for the establishment that had a, a higher level of racial and gender inequality prior to the acquisition, we see this, that's where we see the strongest effect. 
What are some of the possible mechanisms or explanations for why we see gender and, and racial inequality reduce in acquired workforces? There could be a lot of different mechanisms to explain this trend. You know, this is a pretty macro level analysis for all the firms. So it's hard to exactly pin down what the mechanism might be, but we entertain a number of them, right? So for example, one alternative mechanism is that male managers are simply more likely to voluntarily leave the firm after the firm gets acquired. So we see whether or not this effect is stronger in a recession period or in a period of high employment to see whether or not these departures might be driven by volunteer departures. We don't really see that. So in my paper, we test a number of these different alternative hypotheses. Like I said, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what might be the mechanism, but I think I'm speculating there could be a combination of two things. One is that restructuring allows for a very thorough and extensive reevaluation of all the employees, uh, which may help eliminate either previous biases or eliminate network homophily. And another possible mechanism I'm thinking is just the senior managers use this as an opportunity to kind of increase the diversity in the workplace. In addition to this empirical analysis, you do a good bit of qualitative research as well, including interviews you did and review of practitioner materials. What did you learn from that qualitative research and analysis, and how does it maybe help explain the empirical results, or does it provide some weight to some of the the hypotheses that you have for what's driving this reduction in inequality in acquired workforces? So I think the qualitative research helped me better make sense of what's going on in the in the workplace uh, after they being acquired. I think there are a couple of themes that came out of this qualitative analysis. So a number of people mentioned senior managers are highly attentive to diversity numbers doing these restructuring processes, right? So so that's kind of reinforcing the mechanism that this might be a conscious effort by the senior managers to increase their level of diversity or at least to protect their level of racial and gender diversity in the workplace. So we hear that a lot. I also ask people how likely is that these firms tend to cut down, you know, the number of highly paid senior workers who might be more likely to be white than men, right? So that's another possible alternative mechanism. Most of them say that's kind of unlikely. So again, this qualitative analysis, I don't think they necessarily tell me what's going on exactly, but they give me, they help me shed some light on what might be some of the possible mechanisms. And I think, again, it it can pinpoint to the two mechanisms that I mentioned earlier, um, that this could be either because of an opportunity for managers to reevaluate everybody. It could also potentially be an opportunity for the managers to increase their diversity in the workplace. What implications do you think the research in this paper holds for academics or people in industry about how they think about M&A, about workplace inequality, and how those two things might intersect? Well, well, I think my kind of the theoretical idea is that these major disruptive events, we tend to see them as disruptive to workforce. We see them as in rather negative light. But what I'm trying to pinpoint with this paper is that this could actually sometimes be a positive thing for certain type of inequality in the workplace. Because by breaking down existing structures and hierarchies, this could actually open up room for people who are previously on the periphery. But I also want to caution because on the one hand, it increases racial and gender diversity post-acquisition, but we also see a potentially see an increased skill gap between the high-skill and low-skill laborers. So we could see two type of inequalities sort of going in opposite direction post-acquisition, which is something to think about, I think, in terms of, you know, who might be the victim of the acquisition event. I think a lot of them could be, even when we think about race and gender, right, like who might benefit from this, it might be the more high-skilled women and racial minorities, and maybe the low-skill racial minorities and women may actually suffer from the acquisition event. I think the story is definitely a lot more complicated than just saying 
mergers and acquisitions improve diversity. But that's, I think that's something for the future studies. LT, what closing thoughts might you have for listeners about this conversation and, and for this paper? So I think one of the major takeaways of the paper is that these big events, right, when we think about recessions, when we think about technological shocks, when we think about mergers and acquisitions, we usually think of them as very disruptive to workers. We think of them as, you know, when we think about mergers and acquisitions, the first thing that comes to mind is a lot of the workers will be laid off, right? So we, we tend to have these negative impressions as sociologists. We tend to have these negative impressions about these major events. But what I'm really arguing in this paper is that these major disruptive events could actually shake things up and actually create more equality, create more room for marginalized groups to advance in an organization. So that's kind of the insight of the paper. Now, in terms of future work, I'm working on another paper right now that looks at how does retail firms, after adopting e-commerce, how does that shape their workplace dynamics? And I'm trying to see if some of the similar arguments could apply there, right? When you have a new technology that changed the way the organization do things, how does that shake up the existing hierarchies and, and structures in the workplace. So I, I think this is kind of the direction I'm going to go with the next couple of papers, just to have this idea about how disruptive events could actually have a positive consequence in reducing inequality in the workplace. Our guest today has been L.T. Zhang, Assistant Professor of Business Administration at Harvard Business School. We've discussed his paper, Shaking Things Up, Unintended Consequences of Firm Acquisitions on Inequality and Diversity. I'll link to the paper in the show notes for today's episode. LT, thank you for joining the Business Scholarship Podcast. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Scholarship Podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to the podcast or leaving a rating on your favorite podcast app, or let other people know about it too. If you have suggestions for future episodes, please let me know. My email address is andrew at andrewkjennings.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Until the next time, I'm your host, Andrew Jennings.